Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Ginger London Ministry Show. I am Minister Ginger London. Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, Sunday evening, March 31st, which is Resurrection Sunday. So I'm so glad that you um, have taken time out of your busy schedule or maybe you're kind of winding down from the day uh, for all of the festivities on today, the day that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So thank you so much for tuning in and listening to this live show As you know, we've been celebrating women for the uh, month of March. March is National Women's History Month. And so all throughout the month of March, starting on March 13th, my birthday, we uh, have started interviewing women, women entrepreneurs, women in Christian ministry, women authors, even women who are at home or who have powerful testimonies about their lives. Maybe they're overcomers or uh, uh, victors over certain things, or they victoriously overcame certain things in their lives. We talked to other women. And so we've had some exciting uh, interviews and some exciting teachings that have gone forth. And on tonight, as we close out this series, we have um, Chief Apostle Wanda Henderson. And um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her, and then I'm going to let her give you some more information about herself Um uh, later on as we're talking. So she's a special guest. And in 1984, Apostle Wanda literally died a physical death through overdosing on crack cocaine and was raised from the dead. You know, and she likes to describe it as just like Lazarus. You know, she was raised from the dead. Um, Apostle Wanda was without heartbeat or a pulse for literally five to ten minutes when God used another used her brother-in-law to resuscitate her life. So Apostle Wanda knows God as a giver and sustainer of life. That should be an exciting testimony to hear in just a few moments. And in 1991, serving as the church evangelist at Word of Life Christian Center in Moreno Valley, California, uh, Apostle Wanda received the mantle of uh, uh, the mantle of Apostle Eric C. and Pastor Jacqueline Morrison through the laying on of hands. And uh, from 1999 until today. Uh, she has hosted a radio ministry. She's held prayer gatherings, uh, women and young women, ladies' summits. Uh, Apostle Wanda is the wife of the same wonderful man that she describes it, him uh, of 21 years. She's the mother of four gracious daughters. She has um, the grandmother of five vivacious grandchildren. But tonight, after we get a little bit more information about her and talk to her and dialogue with her, she's going to bless us with one of her uh, teachings. And tonight she's going to be teaching on being a woman of influence. And she will discuss with us how influence was a part of the original role of the woman, the purpose of the woman being given influence. She's going to give us examples in the natural and uh, biblical examples of women of influence. She's going to talk about the loss of influence in the 21st century and how we can recapture, reclaim, and restore the woman's influence. And so I'm excited about uh, tonight's show because we are uh, celebrating women, and um, it's going to be e- e- extremely uh, 
powerful closing show when the Chief Apostle is teaching. So welcome to the show, Chief Chief Apostle Wanda. Thank you, Minister Ginger, for having me. Praise God. Wonderful, wonderful. We are excited um, that you're on with us. So tell us a little bit about yourself and share your testimony with us. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I think it's important for everybody to know I'm a radical for Jesus. So throughout the time we have together, expect radicalness from me. As Minister Ginger has already alluded, I am the wife of the same man for 22 years this September. Um, Not only am I a mother of four daughters, I'm a grandmother of five and a half, as I am expecting my (laughs) sixth grandchild and second granddaughter late June. Yes, I'm excited about that. My youngest is having her first. I'm a writer. I've written and published one book so far. And the title of that book is called Praise, and it is on the website for sale. Also, I am in, uh, currently in the process of writing all of the curriculums for our ministry programs and for our soon-to-open leadership uh, institute that's projected to open Q4 of this year, Q1 of 2014. In addition, I'm also working on several other self-discovery, self-help books for the body of Christ. Wow. I write songs, mainly lyrics. I'm not a note uh, writer, but I'm a lyric writer. Okay. I truly have an authentic Apostle Paul writing anointing. I have um, six songs that I have documented but not yet released or sold, and the reason for that is I'm anointed to write, not to sing. So I'm just <laughs> I'm waiting patiently on the Lord to bring forth the divine connection or connections to help tap into that stream of income. And it just might happen tonight, Minister Ginger, through the Ginger London show. Maybe somebody out there that can sing, and I have the anointing to write, and God's going to bring us together to tap into the stream of income. Glory to God. I also have three inventions that I'm working on bringing into fruition, one dog invention, and two health and wellness projects. So that's a little about me and who I am. Um, My testimony, I want to say that my testimony is I have, I own, and I possess eternal life. And I'm going to allude on that a little bit because I know You might want to hear my testimony about how I died on crack cocaine and how the Lord brought me back, but I think it's important to preference all of that by saying my testimony is that I have owned and possessed eternal life. while back, our apostolic teacher of our ministry, she did a teaching on eternal life. She had asked everyone in attendance what their definition of eternal life was. And I wasn't there, so she didn't get to put me on the spot, but I was on the conference call and I was able to listen. And almost everybody said the same thing. They said that eternal life in their, uh, the way they would define it was when you get to heaven and you spend eternity with Jesus. And she taught us from the scripture that the biblical definition of eternal life according to John chapter 17, 3, is to know God and Jesus Christ. Glory to God. She said it's not enough to know about him, but it's to know him intimately and personally. And this is my 
testimony that I have this eternal life. I know God, and I know him, Jesus Christ, and I know them intimately and personally. I know them as the God who gives and sustains life because as you already mentioned, Minister Ginger, uh, years ago I was addicted to crack cocaine, and I literally had was sitting at the table with my sister and brother-in-law, and we were sitting there, and I can say this freely now today because I'm free, glory to God, and we were sitting there, and we were cooking up crack cocaine, and I sat there and took a hit, and it must have filled up my lungs, and I literally was out for five to ten minutes. Glory be to God. He had a better purpose. He had a bigger plan yeah. because he resuscitated my life. So today I know God as the giver, and not just the giver, but the one who sustains life. I know him as the one who gives dreams and visions. During my addiction, while I was in my mess, God came to me in a boarding a boarding home. I was living in a, a room in a boarding home, and I was wide awake, and God showed me myself standing before. It was so many silhouettes that I was standing before that I could not count them. And at the time, in 1989, November, when I had this vision, I thought it was about building a church. But today I know that. I have a divine purpose to restore the spirit man. The silhouettes represented the spirits that at a God's appointed time, which is now that I would come forth with power, hallelujah, from on high, glory to God, hallelujah, to restore his people back to his original intended purpose. So I have eternal life today. That's my testimony. I know him. I know him to be the God who sustains and gives life, that gives dreams and visions, the God who infuses authority, dominion, and power, the God who anoints and pro- pro- promotes. And let me just share a little bit about this. When I decided to get clean, I went to Set Free Women's Ranch in Cabazon, California. It was a year program, but I didn't want to do a year. All I needed was 30 days to stay mm. away from the, the environment and because I, I was always God-fearing. I loved God. So I always loved God. Just uh, didn't have... I, I, I didn't know how to operate in the word at that time. I knew the word, had knowledge, but I had not yet been endowed with power from on high to to empower my flesh to overcome. So I'm in this I'm in this uh, this uh, rehabilitation center, and I've always, even in my addiction, I've always been one who loved to dress from head to toe. So I would be up at five o'clock in the morning, already dressed, waiting for six o'clock prayer. But this particular week just seemed like the resident manager had it in for me. And she said to me, Wanda, oh, you need to go find some other clothes to put on because you're going to the pig farm this week to work because part of our our, our uh, agreement to stay in that facility for free was to help to work. So needless to say, I'm on the pig farm, and the first day I'm put in the pig pens, and I'm told that I have to take this rake and clean out all the pig pens. And, I, I'm just about ready to uh, abort my program because mm-hmm. I'm not going to be in a pig's pen. That just mm-hmm. didn't work for me. So right. go home, go back to the residence the first night. The second day, literally, it's a true story. I'm in that pig's pen again because before we uh, went to the signed areas, there was a manager there, and she would tell us where we were going to work. So I'm in the pig's pen again, and it's just me. And I hear this voice say to me, Wanda, I want you to clean these pigs' pens, the cows' corrals, and the horse stables like it was your own home. I'm thinking, no, I, 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 I must be hallucinating. I must be having a backlash or something. No, this, 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 
I can't be, this can't be God. And I heard the voice again, true story. At that time, at that moment, God empowered me to obey him. So I took that rake and I cleaned those pigs' pens like it was my own home. I was moved to the cow's corrals. I cleaned it like it was my own home. I was moved to the horse stable. I cleaned it like it was my home. Two stories. The third day, we get back there. And I'm only in there for 30 days. The other ladies have been in there months because they was doing six months and, and a year. And the woman of that owns a pig farm, she says to me, Wanda, you're now in charge. Look at her, and I said, I'm in charge. <laughs> she says, yes, you are going to now start to delegate the task, and you're going to oversee to make sure the task is done. I said that to say that I know God as the one who not only anoints but promotes, glory to God. I know him as the one who releases because after I got out of set free, I had a literal Damascus Road encounter, hallelujah, just like Apostle Paul. Hallelujah, and there are witnesses to testify to this. Moreno Valley Christian Center, Pastor John Hahn and Pastor Dwight Pleasure, are, and Becky, I don't know Becky's last name, can testify to this. So uh, after I have this Damascus Road encounter, they release me to come to Arizona to fulfill my kingdom assignment. I get here, not four months, uh, four years later, God sends Bishop Raymond and Sylvia Woods of Nations of the World Interfaith Ministries to license and ordain me. Then Juanita Bynum, I'm sure everybody on the line is familiar with Juanita Bynum. That's my distant mentor ordained by God. She came to Arizona to Azusa World Ministries, Dr. Alfred and Beverly Craig, and she spoke out in the audience that there was a women's movement coming. It wasn't for everybody because they didn't see it. And she kept saying, you guys don't see what I see, you don't see what I see, but I held on to that prophecy. Glory to God because it was for me. Hallelujah. I know God as the God who establishes purpose. Then he authorized a new beginning through Dr. Bynum through her teaching on matters of the heart. I literally was slain in the spirit in the living room of my two-bedroom apartment many years ago. Hallelujah. When I came to, I felt the, the surgery that had taken place in my heart, and God had authorized me a new beginning. This is all true stuff. This is not made of stuff. Then uh, uh, Dr. Bynum was on TBN in 2006, and she was uh, encouraging the the viewing audience to release her to go to the nations, and as we released her to go to the nation, she she then gave, she uh, released her mantle upon us, the viewing audience, of which again I was a recipient of, and that was for the appointed time. Glory to God. Not long after that, it was confirmed what God had told me through the church that I was attending here in uh, Arizona, Living by the Word Family Church, Pastors Rodney and Donnie Stiller. And then after that, I just say I know God as the God who perfects the gift because I'm a gift to the body of Christ, and I know him as one who restores all because while I am in the process of complete restoration, there have been many, many, many things that have already been restored to me completely, and that's my testimony, Minister Ginger. Amen, amen. Yeah, exciting, very exciting. So tell us, you know, with all of that going on in your life, what has been, uh, what has your journey been like in ministry? You know, you know, once you receive the mantle of, of the different mantles, and, you know, what has been your journey in ministry as you began to flow and carry those mantles and actually be used by God? It has been a journey of heals where I have, 
experience being elevated in God, a journey of valleys where God has brought me low because of my pride, my haughtiness, my uh, lack of knowledge, if you will. Mm -hmm. It's been a journey of heartache, Minister Ginger. you know, you know, you, you, you as you're in ministry, you you, you you come across so many different people, and you just mm-hmm. don't know who's who. Yeah. So you embrace everybody because you don't want to judge because you understand that, uh, that, that, that you know God that doesn't please God. So you just want to take everybody at face value. But my journey has been one of backbiting and betrayal from those I trusted most, uh, the wow. most. Mm-hmm one of constant self-examination to assess mm-hmm. my own motives. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, we don't do things for the right reason. We do them for selfish reasons. So I've constantly had to do a self-examination to make sure my motives were in line with the call, with the word of the living God, and then constant and consistent defining and redefining because I am one, because of all the struggles, because of the life that I've lived, I I tend to be uh, somewhat controlling. I want to control everything. And so I'm constantly having to define and redefine so I can identify my strengths and really work those strengths and understand the areas where I have opportunities and embrace these gifts and these relationships, covenant relationships that have the strengths and skills in the areas that I do not and allow them to flow as God uh, has brought them to me to do. So it's been uh, a journey and uh, of all of that and, more importantly, one of tremendous growth. I'm growing mm-hmm. in the faith every single day in the living word of God. And more than that, I'm growing in faith in myself as the vessel of the true and living God. So that's been my journey in ministry. Okay. Yeah, you know, you mentioned, you know, about, um, you know, uh, the lack, sometimes, you know, the hardiness and the pride and the lack of knowledge. You know, sometimes in ministry, you know, um, we can receive a calling from God and receive, uh, uh, have mantles uh, passed on to us from those who are matured in the in the in the ministry and in the Word of God. And sometimes when we're not careful, we think that's all we need, and we don't we don't apply ourselves to get the knowledge or the training that we need. And sometimes we go out there and the Bible say, don't put a novice up because he'll mm-hmm. get puffed up. You know, and so mm-hmm. sometimes, especially women in ministry, because, and not just women, but anybody in ministry, you're so excited sometimes about mm-hmm. being used by God mm-hmm. that if you're not careful, get excited, but then take a mm-hmm. deep breath and then mm-hmm. actually walk your, your your journey out step by step. Don't rush it. Don't get up before time. Don't do anything so out good. of season. Praise you know, sometimes God. we get so excited Praise and then in that excitement, yeah, we have a zeal mm-hmm. without according mm-hmm. to knowledge and the mm-hmm. enemy gets in and have you thinking more highly of yourself mm-hmm. than you are to. And on the other side of that, you mentioned, you know, being hurt by people in ministry, that also can cause that because, like you say, you're trying to embrace everybody because you don't want to judge anybody, but you're trying to embrace everybody, trying to do a good job, trying to just Mm -hmm. flow, you know, in ministry. And uh, Mike Murdoch says it like this, and I just love it. He says, you're not assigned to everybody. You are a reward to somebody. And you have to know who somebody is. You are not assigned to everybody. You are a reward to somebody. Mm. And so the key is to find out who the somebody is. And when we can target out somebody's, you know, uh, then it might not be so easy for us to get burned. Because believe it or not, in in our in this um, 
Christian leadership or ministry journey, you will have people in the body of Christ who would want to take advantage of the gift. And sometimes we try to like be in denial a little bit. Oh no, he wouldn't do that. Or oh no, mm-hmm. man, God, that woman of God wouldn't do that. And they would, <laughs> yes, they would. And then, yeah, and when it mm-hmm. happens, you're like wounded, like oh no, very wounded. <laughs> yeah, very sometimes wounded. to the point of no return, Minister Ginger. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I can remember uh, when I was in New Orleans under Bishop Paul Morton at Greater Saint Stephen's. Before I went to uh, to grad school to ORU, uh, before I left, a prophetess in the house prophesied to me and said, uh, the key for you is to remain humble. Because when you get there, everybody will be impressed. But the key is to remain humble. And she prayed, and I kept that from I kept that word humble with me from that journey, which started in 1990 up until now. And so I'm really humble. And sometimes, so humble that sometimes, like you say, I get walked on, you know, or take advantage mm-hmm. of it, so now I have to I have to mature my humbleness, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bring it up right to there. another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to bring my humbleness mm-hmm. to another level, you know, so it's mm-hmm. not down there, you know, on the floor somewhere, Downplay. somebody walking mm-hmm. out. Yeah, mm-hmm. somebody walking mm-hmm. all over it. So mm-hmm. I have to grow my humbleness up, you know, and, and mature it. So that, oh, absolutely, you know, you got you have to grow that up, mm-hmm. you know, humility mm-hmm. and humbleness. It doesn't mean doormat. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an attitude, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, it, it, it does, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's an attitude. It's not mm-hmm. somebody taking advantage of you and you not saying anything. That's not what it is, you know, because Jesus, it was a time when Jesus talked, there was a time when he was quiet. But when he got confronted by those folks that was trying to uh, trip him up, he, there, mm-hmm. he was a, there was sometimes he, he just it. came right on yeah. out and dealt with it, you know, and, and, and he dealt with it. But those who were in the in his that was his disciples and following him, he was very careful with how he handled and responded to them. Even when they asked some of the same questions over and over again, you know, you know, how long am I going to be with you? But he still mm-hmm. gave them an answer. So, you mm-hmm. know, it's. I have to, even when somebody tries to take advantage or they're walk, trying to walk on me, I still have to remember that prophecy about humbleness. I still have to hold on Praise to that. God. Because Praise if God. you don't, you'll step outside of that and you'll walk in mm-hmm. a lot of anger and you'll end up saying and doing something that you shouldn't and guess Shit what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the spotlight mm-hmm. is on you and not the one that took mm-hmm. advantage of you. Because they mm-hmm. put the spotlight on the That's wrong good. person. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so... Let's mm-hmm. not give them any room for spotlight. Mm-hmm. No so, room. Glory. Absolutely. <laughs> Praise God. So we mm-hmm. might have some sisters that are listening to this show who feel the apostolic mantle upon their lives. Uh, talk to us a little bit and tell us what does it mean to be a chief apostle? Because we have some women who are, you know, maturing and growing up uh, in ministry, and they're beginning to, you know, they're going to start walking into some of these offices that are not traditional you know, uh, women offices. So when you say chief apostle, what does that mean? Well, before I address the chief apostle, let me just talk about the apostolic first. Okay. The, 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 the office of the apostle is not one that is mandated or delegated by man, but it is actually an office that Jesus Handpick selects sins out. In the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse number 13, there's a principle where Jesus calls the disciples to himself. And of those disciples, he chooses out of them those he names as the apostles. We also see in 
Ephesians 4.11 that it says, and he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And he who? He, Jesus. He, Jesus sends them out. He, Jesus handpicks them. He, Jesus ordains them. So I want to make sure that we clear on how that comes about. It's not a man-ordained or man-mandated thing. It's a God-inspired, a God-ordained thing. Apostles are, are special 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 messengers sent by God, and we see that in Ephesians 1 and 1 and Galatians 1 and 1. It clearly says that apostles are special messengers sent by God, not just went on their own, not just delegated by a man or a woman, but they are sent by God. I think for the chief apostle uh, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 1, we see uh, Jesus as our example of a chief apostle, and he is he is called uh, not just the chief apostle, but he's the high priest. And that, uh, um, when you say, what does it mean to be a chief apostle? It's a it's an office of a high priest, and a high priest is one who mediates, who conveys a special message. A high priest is one who is set apart to perform a sacred service, and we can find these. Uh, these uh, the validation for what I'm saying in Hebrews 2:10. So write these down if you're on the line, so you can read them in your own time. Hebrews 2:17, Hebrews 4:14, 4, and again Hebrews 3:1. So the office of the chief apostle is one of a high priest, and he or she is one who has again been ordained, chosen, elected by God and Jesus themselves, set apart for a sacred service to convey a specific message, a special message, a special special message. Jesus' special special message was reconciliation to God through salvation by the blood by his bloodshed on Calvary. That was a special message to us in the days of Jesus. Now, I can say what my special message special message is because God has revealed that to me. And, and and the office of chief apostle for me is one that God has set me apart to to uh to use me. He's going to through me establish an age that we're in right now. And that age is called restoration. You say, Well Wanda, what do you mean by restoration? First of all, let me say in Ephesians Three uh, in Ephesians chapter three verses two through five, we clearly see here that uh, the mystery or the secrets of of the gospel, hallelujah, are not always made known to the whole body of Christ. Uh, we see here a principle working where God uh, reveals mysteries and secrets of the kingdom, and it says that He reveals them to His holy apostles, His consecrated messengers and prophets. And he does so by the Holy Spirit. In Colossians 1.20, I'm just setting something up here so can kind of give some understanding. In Colossians 1.20, we see that God purposed that through Jesus' service and the intervention of Jesus on our behalf on Calvary, that he purposed that all things should be completely reconciled. I said completely reconciled, not partially, not a little bit, not halfway, but completely restored back 
unto himself, whether on earth or in heaven. We've not gotten there yet. We're on our way there, but in this hour, God is pouring out his spirit upon all flesh and empowering us beyond our flesh to be completely reconciled, to be completely restored to his original intended purpose for us. What's his original intended purpose? Isaiah 58, 12, Jeremiah 33, 7 through 12, Joel 2, 25, to come back to his original intended purpose as we were at the first. To do that, we've got to go through the Jeremiah 110 process. We've got to expose uh, the, de- the defective, the faulty, the uh, distorted, the polluted, the tainted, the contaminated infrastructures, philosophies, mindsets, behaviors that we've been operating in and under for generations. So now we've got to expose it so we can begin to uproot, destroy, overthrow, and uh, tear down so we can properly build and plant on the truth of the word, restoring truth back. So that's what the office of the apostle does. He or she comes with a special message from Mm -hmm. God uh, and is set apart to perform a sacred service, God through them performing it. I want to make sure that I say it's God through them. Yes. Then put no no confidence on the flesh because it's nothing that we do, but it's God through us. Amen. And I wanted you to explain that because we may have a, a, a sister on the line who um, uh, knows that that's the office that she's called to, and I don't want her to be hindered from walking Ooh, in her office because of her gender. That's good. You that's know, good. so... Uh, somebody That's may be really saying, good. you know, they say all kind of things. There are no more apostles, no more this, no more that. So if she's listening, I don't want her to be um, hindered by her gender. I want her to hear the voice of God and answer the call. You know, Praise and so God. if you were listening, right um, yeah, if you were listening, I hope you got all those scriptures down. If not, you'll be able to, you know, come back to uh, the page here on Blog Talk Radio and get the uh, the replay. But, um I mean, she just said a mouthful right there. If you just take the scriptures that she just gave us and go and study that, then that will give those scriptures will give you a confirmation on what your assignment is. Study it and study it with on purpose, with an intent mm-hmm. of making That's sure true. that this is the area that God has called you to. Because sometimes we can get caught up on uh, offices and titles Title. and stuff mm-hmm. and, um, and be mm-hmm. in the wrong spot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So me personally... I believe that um, titles and understanding offices are good because God gave us titles and offices. It's making sure that you're carrying the right one on your shoulders, mm-hmm. making sure you're mm-hmm. walking under, as you say, mantle, the right mantle. If you're a teacher, be a teacher. If you're an Lord. evangelist, be an evangelist. If you're an mm-hmm. apostle, be one. If you're a pastor, be one. Make sure that you understand. So if you're at that place where you're trying to discover the calling of God, God's calling on your life. And let's say, for example, you think it's through the pastoral position, office of a pastor, then go through the scriptures that she just did and study pastors in the scriptures. Praise God. You know, get an understanding with all yeah, of your getting. So get an understanding. Get, get an understanding, understanding about the area that you say or you believe that God is calling you to and ask the Holy Spirit to become the great teacher. So when you're studying that, if that's not it, he'll direct you to to refocus your study on the area that he's actually calling you to, you know. So, uh, you know, uh, that's a challenge uh, that I had when I was first realized that God was calling me. I actually went on a fast, and I knew it had to do something with preaching and teaching. And on that fast, people have heard the testimony before, I uh, bought a good study Bible, fasted for seven days in my apartment, and I started mm. studying preaching, and I started studying the scriptures on teaching. Because that's Can I what ask I a question? Like. Mm-hmm, sure. 
You said you fasted for seven days. Do you mind sharing what your fast consisted of? It was just water. That was that was my all first seven time. Days? Yeah, all seven days. It was my first time fasting. Uh, it was a um, an elder in the church that said, "Okay, I want you to fast for seven days. I want you to start reading in Isaiah from chapter forty all the way to the end. When you finish, go back again. Start at chapter forty, read all the way to the end for the seven days, and pray and study." She said, "If." You get exceptionally hungry where you cannot bear it. Eat crackers. I don't even think I got to that place. Wow. And that was the first time I ever, that was the first time I had ever fasted. And so, I I, I mean, but you know, when you're doing something on purpose, you, 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 God gives you the strength to bring (laughs) everything under subjection. When it's on purpose and you're seeking God and you're excited, God mm. has a way of, guess what, mm. making you bring everything in line. Glory. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> glory. So, like, so then you're excited because I'm excited because yeah. you're studying all this and everything is coming, you know, everything is falling into place, you know, and I started, and, and in during that seven days, I was, not only did I study those things, I that's where I learned, and that says right there, how to hear the voice of God. Praise it was doing God. that. Yeah. Nope. I couldn't. Yeah. I could talk on the phone, and at that time, that was in the um, late '80s. There were no cell phones. Might have been a few car phones, but there were no cell phones. So I didn't have to worry about my cell phone going off, you know. And so I knew not to answer the phone in the apartment. So I knew I was fasting for seven days. I knew there had to be a breakthrough, or really, I just wanted some direction on what it is I was supposed to do in ministry. And mm-hmm. I had already. Uh, was being used in certain areas of ministry. So it wasn't like, you know, I, I had a little taste of ministry. I just, at that point, I had to make sure to find out where my uh, perfect fit was. Mm, you know. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, when you perfect fit, that's you know, to me, that's you know mm-hmm. yeah, you, mm-hmm. when you find your perfect fit, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. volunteer or work in mm-hmm. other areas. When you get into mm-hmm. the perfect fit, that's mm-hmm. when the flow is going to come Lord. and the anointing of your life shows up in the perfect God. fit. That's when you really amen, experience. Amen, amen. You know, when I'm in my perfect feet, that's when you mm-hmm. experience the gift that God has entrusted to me. Now I can go over there and help you out in other areas, but you're gonna really see me flowing when I'm when you got me in the mm-hmm. right spot. Amen, yeah, so amen. That, that's um that's how I ended up doing that for the very first time. Never really had never ever heard of fasting before. You know, probably mm-hmm. read it in the Bible and didn't know what that was. You know, wow. she explained to me how to do it, told me what to do. She said, "Just water." I was like, "Ooh, wait." And so, and then she said, "Not if you hungry." And then when I went to ORU at that time, when um, Bishop Carson Pearson was flowing with us on the right page mm-hmm. with higher dimensions, he gave a testimony that when he fasted the first time, um, thank you, you revealing your age. <laughs> when he fasted the first time, he said that um, he would mess up. His mom would give, give him Praise a bowl. Tell him go lie down and get up in the morning and start all over. And then finally he got it. He had to, you know, he had mm. to, he started. He would eat. He would get so drained that she would have to give him soup. And then told him, Mm-mm, when you get up in the morning, start all over. Do it again. Wow. And finally he got into the discipline of fasting. Discipline. That's good mm-hmm. right there. Discipline. It's Absolutely. A discipline behavior. So, okay. Absolutely. So, so anybody that's listening, when you talk, whatever, whatever, ladies, brothers. Whatever area that God has called you to, there has to be a time where you um, uh, pull yourself away for consecration. And, mm. you know, 
even when you're maturing in this walk. It ain't just not it's not just about finding out what you're supposed to do, even when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm, it's about putting yourself away for consecration mm. because you know, we're all mm. saying, God, take me to the next level. Take me to the mm-hmm. next level. Well, how are you gonna get there? Well, you can't mm. get there with all that stuff you got, all that baggage. It's that mm. ministry baggage. Okay. We got mm-hmm. baggage to get some of that out mm-hmm. the way so you can to clear your mind so you mm-hmm. can really hear God. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. he's talking to us but our perception gets in the way. You know, what we think about certain things. Sometimes even what we think about what we're hearing. So mm-hmm. but anyway, so mm-hmm. 'cause I want you to teach, not me. Um uh we'll answer this right quick and then we'll let you your teaching. What are some of the struggles you see women having in ministry? A couple of them. Mm-hmm. The greatest struggle, Minister Ginger, that I witness in my uh, small sphere of influence is the women in ministry do not have strong self-image, identity, value, mm-hmm. and self-worth. There's so much envy, jealousy, and competition amongst women in ministry, and it's so sad, Minister Ginger, because it's the trick of the enemy to to, to decrease and reduce and ultimately stop completely kingdom productivity, and we don't have that understanding yet because truly if we did, we as women would understand that we're not each other's competition. We're complement, C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T to one another. And that together there's a plethora, I said a plethora of resources for each of us to draw from to complement and fulfill our individual collective assignments, to restore the lives we assign to, and then to also mutually benefit. One of the things the Lord showed me is he said, why did he say in Second uh, Corinthians uh, uh, 10, I think, verse 12, uh, 10, 12, you know where it says um, that comparing themselves by themselves, they became unwise. So when we compare ourselves, we reveal our lack of understanding and that's unwise behavior. But if we mm-hmm. are going to measure ourselves, you know, Romans twelve three tells us how to accurately measure ourselves. Yeah. We need to start measuring ourselves by our faith in Christ Jesus, by the word of God. Glory to God. So the greatest struggle, Ginger, I see in the body of Christ is that there is, and I'm starting to undergird and to intercede and to pray that Christ be formed in all of us as women and, and, and that we would know the hope of his calling and that we would be filled with all spiritual wisdom and understand so we could have these strong self-images and identities and self-worth so we can not just be that, but so we can transfer that to those that we assign to because the body of Christ is sick because oftentimes in today's world, the head is sick. I'm just going to keep it real because God told me to on this line. And then the other thing I see as a struggle in ministry uh, with women, I see that women in the ministry lack originality. There Mm -hmm. are so few originals, Minister Ginger, and everybody, just about everybody is copycats. Everywhere you go, they're doing the same thing, the same way. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 7, that there are a variety of gifts. And within these variety of gifts, there's a variety of service and administration that the that 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 that, that uh, energizes the gift. That that that, that the gift is, is a variety of operation, but it's the one and the same Lord and the Holy Spirit. So we should all be having the one and same Holy Spirit. But from one ministry to the next, we should not all be looking the same because there's again a variety. Mm-hmm. The, the Holy Spirit used we're we're 
fearful and wonderfully made. So the Holy Spirit has made us unique. God has made us unique, and the Holy Spirit energizes our uniqueness to to be a blessing, to be a benefit, to be a value uh, to those that we have uh, uh, been given influence over and with. And so I see that a lot in the body of Christ, that everybody trying to be like everybody else. We want to dress like our favorite mentor. We want to wear our Mm -hmm. hair like we want to talk like them. Where is the originality that Absolutely. God uh, that that you were designed with from the foundations of the world? So those are some of the struggles I see women in ministry having is being who God said they were, being original, and then having strong self-identity and self-value in words. Absolutely, and I think that, as you say, the, the strong self-worth and the self-esteem and not being confident, Philippians 1 says, being confident of this, he that began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you copy off of people because you don't have enough confidence to be yourself, Powerful. you know, and you mm-hmm. and you can't, you don't have that confidence because you don't know yourself. Because if you mm-hmm. really knew who God created you to be, you wouldn't want to be anybody else. Mm, say that again. <laughs> right? If you really knew Amen. who God created you to be, Amen. women of God and men of God, you would not want to mm. be anyone else because, as she just said, the originality, God says he knows each and every one of us, all the way down to the numbers of hairs on our head. He knows in Psalm 139, he said, I know the intricate, delicate parts mm. of your being. You know, that's good right I, there. I, I know mm. everything about you. Why? Because he created mm. you. And so guess mm. what? He, you know, and he wanted to make sure that we did not want to be like each other by giving us different mm-hmm. fingerprints. Glory, so, glory, glory. So you take your fingerprint mm-hmm. and you be mm-hmm. yourself. I'm going to take my fingerprint and I'm going to be myself. Glory. And as you say, when we come together or see each other, we're going to compliment each other because the, mm-hmm. the anointing on my fingerprint and the anointing on your mm-hmm. fingerprint will come together <laughs> and accomplish the, what the anointing is set to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's really, you know, and I think some of us, not everybody, and I'm saying some of us, not necessarily us, cause that's just because we're on the phone talking, on the show talking, okay. that some of us in leadership, we've missed it because we have not taught people how to recognize their originality. We have not that's taught good. them how yeah. to know themselves. You know, once you get to know God, now before you do anything else in here, I want you to know who God, I want you to tell, ask God, who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. who are you and who are you mm-hmm. supposed to be? You know, um, what's your gift? What, you know, mm-hmm. when we teach them about gifts, mm-hmm. you know, we do that little simple teaching. We don't take them into the deep cores of their being, mm-hmm. you know, to really go into, mm-hmm. let's say, even to their conscious mind. Why do you think the way you think? Why is that? What's going on in your life? You know, all the way down to the into their hearts. Why do you feel that way about that? Why? What is it unique about you? Why do children come? Why you? Why do? Why are children drawn to you like that? What is it? What is? What do you say to the kids when you, when they're around you? You know, I don't think we teach them enough, or we don't teach them how to go into their own inner courts before they let somebody mm, good, into their good. life. Their how do you go into your inner own court. inner courts mm. and learn mm. more about yourself? Let the Holy mm. Spirit become the great teacher and teach mm-hmm. you about you through the word of That's God, good. and teach you about you. And, and, and if we do that, then guess what? While he, while he's teaching us about who teaching us about who we are, then all that copycat syndrome, will start, mm. it will automatically disappear. Fall off. <laughs> it will oh, fall Lord. off. It will automatically mm. fall off because guess what? Now I'm replacing copycat mm. with knowledge about myself. That's and knowledge good. is powerful. So it's so powerful that it will move any copycat intentions I have, it will move out, it will make it fall off because now now I know 
who I am. Why? Because I have the word no, we, as we know in the Bible, can also mm. mean intimacy. Now I'm intimate with myself. I know myself well enough That's to good. not to be anybody else. That's so good. And I'm That's strong powerful. enough. And true. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and right. And, mm-hmm. when I, and, I, and when I do that, I become strong enough to be me and strong mm-hmm. enough to That's let you good. you. Guess mm-hmm. what? Not only will I not copycat, I will not try to get you to be me. Mm-hmm. You know, because, see, the copycat got to fall off. Full, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the mm-hmm. copycat syndrome has to go fall off full circle. Not only will I not try to imitate anybody, I'm not going to get you to try to, you know, when I say imitate, yeah. I mean, you know, be me. You know, mm-hmm. I want you to follow mm-hmm. me as my faith as you as you watch me believe God by faith. That's when I go it. faith, faith and glory to glory, Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That's yeah, I want it. you to imitate my walk with God, but I want you to be me now. Mm-hmm. I want you to be yourself. Amen. But you learn <laughs> from my life, but I don't want you to try to live my mm-hmm. life. Because you rob herself. She robs Good. herself. Of her own mm-hmm. walk with God, uh-huh. in her own mm-hmm. journey, in her own her own intimacy, experience, with yeah, her own mm-hmm. intimacy with it, mm-hmm. she gets robbed mm-hmm. when she wants it. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel you because even here mm-hmm. uh, in Louisiana, mm-hmm. I see uh, sisters that are in ministry, or and 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 uh, they try to uh, dress like another person in ministry. Mm-hmm. They go get their hair mm-hmm. cut the same way. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's mm-hmm. almost like, like little clones or something, you know. Yeah. And, and they look mm-hmm. almost just like them with the same kind of clothes. They do. They same kind of like, shoes. Yeah. It's like, but maybe you're you not careful. If you don't know them when they talk and they sound like them. They sound like them. And you really want to say, but what happens if you don't like those kind of shoes? Then what? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to buy them anyway. So, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. we're going to move on because I really want to hear your teaching. So, one more question before that: um, When what do you want people to get from your ministry? The when I say you, the ministry that God has entrusted to you, what is it that you want people to get uh, from that? I want people to get a genuine, real impartation and revelation of eternal life. I want them to know God and Jesus Christ intimately and personally for themselves. I don't want them to know about him or them through my voice, another voice, through a book they read, my book, your book, anybody else's book, through a TV Mm -hmm. show. But I really want them to know God and Jesus Christ for themselves, again, both intimately and personally through the ministry that God has allowed me to facilitate and oversee. Amen. And so we roughly have maybe about 45 minutes or 43 minutes or so left. And so I don't want to cut you down, but if you could give us that teaching and let's leave a few minutes because there's a lot of people listening on by phone and Internet where they can uh, maybe somebody has a question or a comment. And uh, and we'll leave a few minutes so we can uh, maybe take a couple of questions or comments. And so I'm going to yield the floor to you now so you can teach us on becoming a woman of influence. Praise God. Let me pray first. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we do thank you that each one of our steps are orchestrated. They are ordained and ordered of you, Father. We thank you tonight, Father. Hallelujah. That your word, hallelujah, is life. Yes. Hallelujah, in health to all of our flesh. And so as your word goes forth tonight, we thank you, Father. It will not return into your void, but it's already budding 
hallelujah, and causing to flourish what you sent it to do in each one of us on this telephone line tonight. And we give you all the praise, the adoration, the accolades, the honor, and the glory for the outcome in advance. And it's in your only begotten, unique son's name, the name which is above every name, that we thank you and praise you, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, and amen. 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 Becoming a woman of influence. I want to say that influence is the original role given to the woman by Elohim, the creator of the universe. And we can find that in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 18, where God said it was not good for men to be alone, but that he would make him a helper. And the Amplified says, one that was suitable, adaptable, and complementary to him. Regardless to what translation that you have, Bible version translation, you might have the word helper in Genesis 2.18, you might have helpmate, or you might have help me. But all three translate to one who aids, assists, and supports. When we aid, we are promoting the progress or the accomplishment, or we are facilitating. So in other words, we are influencing the results. We are aiding in making things happen. Stay with me because I'm going somewhere with this. Hallelujah. When we assist, we are present as spectators. We're onlookers. We're observers. Example, as a delegate, a, a, a designated representative appointed or sent, not necessarily to uh, to uh, uh, partake in the activities, but rather to observe and report, that moment that we make in that report, we, are, we have just become the influencers of the decision that's going to be made based upon the report that we, get, we give. So when we assist, we are really influencing the decisions of something. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. When we support, we are bearing, we are upholding, we are sustaining, we are maintaining. So when we support, we are influencing the quality of, the purpose for which the woman was given influence was to help, to aid, to assist, and to support in the results, the decisions, and the quality of the productivity, the increase, the feeling, the subduing, and the dominating over the earth. And that's in Genesis 128, but I'm going to go up to 127 and bring it to 128, where God said, God created man in his image, in the image and likeness of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. And he said to them, who, the male and female, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue and have dominion. So the purpose for which the woman was given influence was to help, to aid, to assist, and to support in the results, the decisions, and the quality of the productivity, the increase, the feeling, the subduing, and the dominating over the earth. When we do not understand the purpose of or for something 
abuse is inevitable. And I'm going to say that again because it's worth saying again. When we do not understand the purpose of or for something, abuse is inevitable. That's why in Proverbs 4, 7, it tells us that wisdom is the principal thing. And with all our getting, we need to get some understanding so that we can discern and comprehend and be able to interpret what the Scripture is really saying to us. So as a woman, we have a role and we have a responsibility to influence our culture and our world, which includes but is not limited to our own lives, our families, our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, our communities, cities, states, business partners, churches, government, schools, the media, the entertainment world, and all other spheres of influence that we have been granted access. That's the key, the spheres of influence where we have been granted access. We don't have access everywhere, but what we do, but the places of access that we do have, we have a responsibility to influence the culture and the world in that sphere of influence. Let's look at a couple of natural women of influence. And the greatest woman that I thought of when I was putting this together is, uh, in the natural is Oprah Winfrey. Oprah is the richest African-American woman in the 20th century. She is one of the most influential women in the world. Oprah was born into poverty. Watch this. I said she was born into poverty to a teenage single mother. She was raped at age nine, pregnant at age 14, but she overcame. She had obstacles just like we do. She had hardships just like we do, but she overcame. And now today she is worth $2.7 billion. Oprah is still today using her wealth and her fame, which is her influence, to subdue and to dominate. Because remember, the purpose for which the woman was given influence was to help to aid, to assist, and support in the results, decisions, and quality of the productivity, increased feeling, subduing, and dominating over the earth. So Oprah is still using her influence today to subdue and dominate. She owns and she operates the Oprah Winfrey Show. She has Harpo Productions. She has her own network, own Oprah Winfrey Network. Through these many spheres of influence and multiple streams of income, Oprah is producing, she's increasing, and she's filling. In the 2008 Democratic primary race, Oprah's influence alone resulted in, because remember one of the, one of the, uh, one of the functions uh, uh, under the role of the woman, the purpose of the woman is to aid, assist, and support in, in results. So Oprah's influence alone resulted in over 1 million votes for President Obama. That's influence. Glory to God. Oprah's Angel Network Awards, 6 million in grants to U.S. care, uh, to, excuse me, U.S. charter school programs. This, too, is influence. Oprah helped, she aided, she assisted, and she supported the building of nearly 300 homes in Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina. This, too, is influence. Oprah employs about 250 full-time employees. This is influence, ladies. My second natural example, preacher, teacher, author, Christian counselor, certified coach, TV personality, and founder president of Ginger London Ministries, 
Minister Ginger is the author of four manuals. She is currently involved in writing an eight topical article and biblical profile for the nationally acclaimed Women of Color Study Bible. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is influence. Minister Ginger is the founder of Heart to Heart Christian Counseling, which helps, aids, assists, and supports individuals and groups on how to make godly decisions and life changes for victorious living. This is influence. Minister Ginger owns London's fashions and inspirational jewelry and accessories for men and women. This, too, is influence because she's influencing the way we look. (laughs) Glory. For the whole month of March, Minister Ginger has dedicated her radio blog talk show to advance the cause of and to expose other women in business, in just daily life, and in ministry. This is influence. Can you see how Oprah and Minister Ginger are fulfilling their God-given role to help, to aid, to assist, and support the results, the decisions, and quality of our culture and our world? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now let's look at a couple of biblical uh, women of influence. Glory to God. I want to start with Deborah. Somebody might uh, call her Deborah, but I call her Deborah. Deborah was a prophetess. She was a wife and a judge. And she was well known and sought out sought out after by the Israelites for counsel. Under the unction of the Holy Spirit, Prophetess Deborah, she summoned Barak. And Barak was a warrior, the Bible says. And she reminded Barak of what God had commanded of him and the results that he would get or gain as he followed uh, uh, as he uh, followed God's direction, as he was obedient to what God had commanded of him. Barak refused to go. And he said, I'm not going to go if you don't go with me. This is what he told Prophetess Deborah. She came back and she said, okay, I'm going to grant your request and I'm going to go with you. But you need to understand if I go with you, when the victory is won, it's not going to be accredited to your glory, but it's going to be accredited to a woman of whom God shall give Sisera, your enemy, into the hands of. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Exactly what Prophetess Deborah prophesied to Barak it came to pass, and it changed the course. Hallelujah. It changed the entire nation of Israel. Prophetess Deborah, she helped, she aided, she assisted, and she supported the change of a nation, the change of the culture. Hallelujah. Through just her presence and a spoken word, and that's in Judges 4. This is influence, ladies and gentlemen. Glory to God. Esther. Esther was a Jewish orphan girl, and she was chosen to be the queen of King, I can't say that name, but I call him uh, Exorcist or Xerxes, King Xerxes. You guys know who I'm talking about in the, in the book of Esther, I think 4, 5, 6, and 7. Glory to God. The king didn't know that Esther was a Jew. And Mordecai, Esther's cousin, who raised her, was disguised, uh, well, he was despised by Haman. And Haman was uh, was uh was King Xerxes, uh, one of the uh, high officials in King Xerxes' uh, kingdom. And, and and Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him. So Haman just despised him to the degree he, he plotted an execution of all the Jews in the kingdom. And so uh, Mordecai 
uh, Mordecai, knowing what Haman was up to, he uh, to overturn the plan of execution, he he called on Esther because now Esther, again, mind you, was uh, was in line to be the queen. She had been chosen to be the queen, so he calls on Esther to intercede, to intervene, uh, to 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 to. to uh, to uh, keep Haman from fulfilling the plot to murder the Jews, and so, the, the, but the issue uh, that, that 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 they had, the issue that was at hand was that uh, uh, the king did not know that Esther was a Jew. That was the issue. Hallelujah, glory to God. Esther now is reluctant to approach the king for fear of how he might respond to the news that she is a Jew. So Mordecai. He warns Esther that if she keeps silent about this, that all the Jews would be killed. And he also says to her, he says, could it be that God has brought you to the kingdom of, of King Xerxes for such a time as this? That's the question he posed to her. So Esther then agrees to go before the king. But before she goes before the king, she did what Minister Ginger was talking about earlier. She went on a fast. And afterwards, she approached the king. And when she approached the king, she invited Haman to to the banquet with her and the king. And this was Esther's strategy to make sure that her timing, Minister Ginger said that earlier too, about timing, being in the right timing of God, not stepping out of the timing of God. And this was Esther's strategy at the banquet to ensure that her timing was right before she revealed to the king Haman's plot to kill the Jews, of which, mind you, she was one of. God's timing is always best, and we need to wait for God's timing, for it is very dangerous to jump out ahead of God's perfect timing. So in the meantime, Haman, along with his wife and his friends, have already prepared where they're going to hang Mordecai at on the side of the house and already put up a gallow, the scripture says, to uh, hang Mordecai once they get the approval from the king. But now watch this. Esther fasted. Remember, she fasted before she went to the king so that she could be close to God and get God's attention and have God's favor before she spoke to the king what Haman's plans were. But God already had intervened on her behalf. So now the king all of a sudden is restless and he can't sleep. So he asks for the record books, which is a document of everything that had taken place in the kingdom. So he's asking for the record books to be read to him aloud because he can't sleep. And as the record book is being read to him, the incident where Mordecai had saved the king's life previously by alerting him of an assassination attempt on his life was read. And so the next day, the king, not knowing what Haman was plotting against the Jews, he consulted with Haman because Haman was one of his high officials, and he says to Haman, what should be done to a man who the king wants to honor? And Haman, full of himself in pride and arrogant, is assuming that the king is talking about him. And so he advises the king to have a lavish public display, if you will. And the king orders Haman at that very moment to do this, this lavish public display unto Mordecai of whom Haman is plotting to kill. Now Esther reveals to the king that she is a Jew and that Haman has plotted to kill them all. 
Long story short, Haman is then hung on the same gallow or the same uh, cross or whatever it is that he made prepared for Mordecai. They hung him on it instead, and all the Jews were saved. It doesn't matter what background we are from or are not from. Hallelujah, because Esther didn't matter her background. She prepared for the task by fasting. She went against the odds. She found favor because she had enough boldness and courage and confidence in her Lord, hallelujah, to go against the odds and to seek him and to wait on his timing. And then she was used to save the entire Jewish nation. That's influence. And you can find that in Esther uh, chapters 3 through 7. I want to say that the reason today that we've lost our influence in the 21st century is simply because we have neglected to operate in our God-given role as a helper, as one who aids, assists, and supports in the results, decisions, and quality of our culture and of our world. And I, I want to read just real quickly here a couple of scriptures because I think that's uh, important to do. I should have brought them up, but real quickly here. I, you can write them down. I'm going to be looking at Matthew 13:12, Matthew 13:12, and I'm almost done. And I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Because I said the reason we have lost our influence in the 21st century is simply because we have neglected to operate in our God-given role as a helper, as one who aids, assists, and supports the results, the decisions, and the quality of our culture and of our world. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 12, it says, For whoever has spiritual knowledge, to him will be given to him more will be given, and he will be furnished richly so that he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, the Scripture says in Second Peter 2.21, it is better to have not known than to know and then still don't take heed to what God is saying to us today, especially if you're a woman on this line, because it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you wear, what you drive, where you, where you live, how much money you have or don't have. It doesn't matter what your education is or, or not. It doesn't matter what your social class is or is not. You have a God-given role and responsibility to influence our culture and our world within the spheres of influence that you have been granted access. And I said earlier, that is the key. You have been granted access in a sphere, the sphere that what, where you currently are, and you can begin to help to aid, to assist and support the results, the decisions, and the quality right where you are in your in our culture and in our world. You don't have to wait to have a pulpit. You don't have to wait to be famous. You don't have to wait to have a whole lot of money. You just got to use what God already put in you to be that helper, to be that one who aids, to be that one who assists and supports the results, the decisions, and the quality in our culture. Because if we will start right where we are, uh, not waiting on any on, on anything else, but understanding that I have this responsibility by God to do this, and I'll, I'm just going to do what I can right where I'm at. We're going to find our world 
We're going to find our economy healed. We're going to find our world healed because, ladies, we are the influencers. Glory to God. Mark 4.25 says, For him who has will more be giving, and from him who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away by force. I didn't say that. It's in the scripture. It's in Mark 4. Uh, 426, and the last scripture I'm going to read to us is in Luke 8:18, and it says, Luke 8:18, it says, be careful, therefore, how you listen. So be careful how you have heard this word tonight. For to him who has spiritual knowledge will more be given And from him who does not have spiritual knowledge, even what he thinks and guesses and supposes that he has will be taken away. We don't want God to take anything away from us because we're not using what he has given us. So in closing, I want to say the way that we recapture, the way that we reclaim, and the way that we restore our influence as a woman in the 21st century is through simply taking personal accountability and responsibility to be the helper, to aid, to assist, and to support the results, the decisions, and the quality in our culture and of our world right where we are. Amen. I'm done. Amen. Amen. I don't know. I'm just, you know, my mouth is hanging to the floor you know, thank you so much. I'm so humbled by you mentioning me. I had no idea you were going to do that. But um, I'm really, you know, receiving the teaching as well. I mean, just awesome teaching. And for those that are on the line, I know they've been blessed by it. It's just sometimes, you know, um, you just have to sit and let people pour into you. And so that's what I was doing um, just now. And it, it's really humbling when um, people... Uh, recognize what you're doing, and they're able to verbalize it in such in the manner that you did it in. So I'm thank you so much. I'm really humbled by that. I'm so honored that you um, was were led by God to even to mention me. I'm I'm waiting on somebody you know else other than Oprah, and here you come with me, and so I'm excited and I'm blessed <laughs> by that. I really am God truly blessed. Amen. amen, amen, and so. You know, what a powerful teaching. And anybody that's listening, especially the women, because we are closing out our celebration for National Women's History Month, um, she made some really, really good, uh, uh, taught some really good principles and made some good points in this teaching. And so you want to absolutely either listen to the replay again if you didn't get all the scriptures. You know, um, it is very downloaded, put it on your iPod or whatever, or pull it up again and just play it and listen to it again and again because you can't have the influence if you're not walking in confidence. And you can't walk in confidence if you don't know who you are. You don't know who God has created you to be. And you can't use the gifts that he's given you because you'll never, you just, until you're grounded in knowing who he created you to be and what your role is as a woman in the earth, it's going to be hard to walk in the fullness of your destiny. You may go some part of the way, but you're not going to you're not going to experience the fullness of your destiny and of your purpose if you don't get an understanding about who God created you to be. It all goes back to that. You know, a lot of people struggle with life because they don't know who they are. And then sometimes mm-hmm. when they find out who they are, they don't have enough faith to believe. 
Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and without that faith, without faith, it's impossible mm-hmm. to please God. So when God shows you, tells you who you are, shows you how he's going to use your life, you have to align your faith up with what he's saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it goes mm-hmm. back to what, what uh, Chief Apostle Wanda said. It's not about comparison. It's not. It's about being who he created you to be and complimenting someone yeah. else. Yeah. So. You know, if you're at that place where you're building your self-esteem, building your self-worth, get at, clear the decks, get everything out the way, and focus just on strengthening your inner man. You know, Amen. you got to get that inner man strong. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you're not going to flow. You're just mm-hmm. not going to enjoy this journey. You mm-hmm. know, well, and even if you are a man, you you must know who you are to enjoy at the, and, and really get a fulfilling experience with God, you know. You know, um, it's just, you got to get this part straight before you do anything else. You know, I was teaching a school of ministry to some young ministers, not young, but people in ministry. And I said, until you get the minister right, you're not ready to minister, mm. minister the word. You got to get mm. the minister right first. That's good. So That's it's true. so important, yeah, that we mm. focus on who God has created us to be, who we are, who we were supposed to be in the body of Christ. What we gotta know who we are. We gotta get, mm-hmm. you know, people come up to us and say, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, and what we said, Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored And we <laughs> stop right there. You know, and you may be. You very mm-hmm. well may be blessed and highly favored. But in order to get be blessed and highly favored, something else had to go on inside of you for that to even show up. So mm-hmm. Tell me more than blessed and highly favored because it's mm-hmm. more to you than that. It's more mm-hmm. to you than that. But we also, I don't know about you, in ministry I've seen where people, you know, when we misunderstand that humility thing. You know, we think we're not mm-hmm. supposed to talk about what God is calling us to do or what, That's you know, what our gifts are. That's you good, know. Minister Ginger. Yeah, mm-hmm. we think we're not supposed mm-hmm. to say what office we're walking in or, mm-hmm. you know, what we're called to do, you know. Uh, we think we're not supposed to say anything. Well, the gift can't make room for you if nobody knows you have it. So, mm. say that on. again. That was good. The gift Hallelujah. cannot make room for you if no one mm. knows you have it. And I mm. am not supposed to be trying to zoom in on you. You know, this is not this ain't witchcraft. This is spiritual, but it ain't it ain't mm. that. So mm. I'm not supposed to be trying to read you. Tell mm-hmm. me who you are. You mm. know, God can show me Glory. some things about you. But I'm not supposed to be trying to zoom in on people in the congregation, trying to tap into them, trying to figure out who they are. No. Tell me who you are. Tell me what God has called you to do so I can uh, partner you with the right people, get you into the right training, put you in the right, Mm, like I said, the perfect fit. Tell me who you are. And if you don't know, tell me that. Because guess what? We need to learn how to teach people how to hear God's voice. We need to, we got to teach them how to study the word. We have to teach them how to, you, we have to teach them those things, you know. Amen. And I think as leaders, we have to just come up a notch a little bit and just say, hey, I don't mind That's training good. the Yeah, you know. And they they mm-hmm. can wear you out a little bit, but you still got to say, I don't mind training the same. <laughs> I, I want you to, I want to see you walking in fullness because guess yeah. what? The disciples walked with Jesus for three years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Three years, right? That's good. And, yeah, and he That's didn't mind training. Right there. I, absolutely, mm-hmm. he did. Now they asked him some questions they should have had answers to themselves, but he still answered them. You know, he still talked to them and said, "Hey, look here, I need you to get this." You know, mm-hmm. but he still mm-hmm. gave them answers even after he Praise said that God. he didn't ask them. He said, "Why you don't know this?" 
but he still told it to him. He's still okay with it. You know, and we might have to say the same thing. Why you guys don't know this? You know, and stop people up and just be more compassionate and make and and and. Uh, more ready to make the importation again if we have to, and again. Praise God, I receive that. They get it, you know. Yeah. Amen. So, you know, uh, we're going to open up the phone lines for anyone. If you're listening by phone and you have a comment, or if you have a question, uh, pull up your dial pad and just press the number one, and it's going to indicate to me that you have a a, a question um, or a comment. If you're listening online, in order for me to know, you have to go into the chat room. And uh, you have to be registered on Blog Talk Radio as a listener or a host. And so that's the only way you can be able to post your comments in the chat room. You can be in the chat room as a guest, but you can't comment. So uh, if you're by phone, if you're not by phone and you're listening by um, uh, Internet and you have a question, the number you want to call is area code 646-929-2431. The number again is 646 646- Nine two nine twenty four thirty one, and what I'm going to do is I bring you on. So, um, I'm just going to call out the last four digits of your phone number, so you know I'm bringing you on. And so I'm going to bring on now two two four eight. So just one moment. Hello, welcome to the show. Hey, Minister London, this is Donald Hi. Lee. How you doing, Apostle? How are you, ladies? I'll tell you what, I've been listening off and on. Uh, I was on for the most part, had to get off because I'm kind of moving around right now. But let me tell you, uh, God is just so awesome how he's moving in you ladies because everything that you're saying, uh, is, is I preach that all the time. You're, you're talking about humility. You're talking yeah. about, uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think I ever preach a message where I don't touch upon the, uh, the fruit of the spirit, uh, meekness and, and kindness and gentleness. Uh, you know, and 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 you're right. It is. It, it, we have to be so meek and so humble always that we don't believe our own press. You know, because people will mm. build you up and people will put uh, unrealistic expectations on you yes. uh, and, and 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 try to get you to live a certain way or project a certain image. And then and then when you and then when you mess up or or they they see your frailty, then all of a and they want to yank the, the carpet from under you. It's so important that in ministry that we be humble, and you know, what I mean, and that we exercise humility, uh, because it doesn't matter how how anointed you are. If uh, you know who was that? That was uh, God was speaking through uh, Samuel talking to Saul, and he was saying that obedience is better than sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we want to. Uh, uh, be sacrificial, and we want to talk about the anointing, and 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 God is using me because I can lay hands on the sick and they recover. I can all this, but none of that stuff matters if you don't have charity, which is love, right? Yes, amen. And so it is so important, and, and I love what 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 Apostle had been saying is that you have to that humility is key. Humility is key. And people don't understand that. People think that it's all about you know I got this title, I got this position, and this and that. And I'm like, man, please. You know, and, and, and I want to say this one thing, and I'll shut up because I can talk. Um, one of the things, and, and I, I, me personally, I, I uh, am believing God for a melting pot ministry, okay? Mm-hmm. That haven't been said. Is it me or have any of you noticed that sometimes, you know, we can get so caught up as, 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 a, as a race of people, we can get so caught up in titles. I notice, you know, sometimes you have people, well, I'm, you know, 
our people who will say, you know, you know, if, if you don't, if you if you don't address them as 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 you know, pastor or evangelist or whatever, uh, not to say that you should disrespect them, but as always, I'm Doctor This, you know, and if you, and if you get it wrong, then they'll have an attitude. But then you can look at on TV and, 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 and Kenneth Copeland is Kenneth Copeland. Might have a doctor. Joyce might have Joyce. You know what I mean? And, and Jesse Duplan is Jesse. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know what I'm saying? And, and my whole point is why can't we just let the anointing, you know what I mean? When, when, when we flow in the anointing and we flow in humility, people are going to, you know, people are going to recognize who you are. God is going to reveal to them who you are. You know what I mean? But for you to, you know, go back and say, I'm this and I'm that and all that, and it throws people off. Anyway, you know, I, I've got so much more to say, but this is not. I'm, I'm enjoying listening. Wisdom, wisdom. People don't understand the wisdom entails a lot of listening. Probably more, no more yeah, listening than, than talking. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> you know, but I, you know, I just I want to, you know, thank you so much, uh, man of God, for li- uh, listening. You know, when I had a uh, a television show here in Baton Rouge. Um, Pastor came on the show. We did. I think. Remember, we did a, a show actually yeah, on the amen. Black Church. You know. So, oh, oh yeah, that was a good show. And that so, was a great I, show. Yeah, I will say that I think it has to do with character. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm one that believes that if you can walk in that title and you can walk in that office in a spirit of humility, the, when you tell people like if I like if you were to say I'm Pastor Donald Lee, it's just an indication of what you do. And from hearing that, then I should already if I'm in the body of Christ, understand what it is that you do in the body of Christ. However, if you're doing that to flaunt it and to put yourself um, on a pedestal, if you will, then I think that comes back down to character and how you choose. Uh, And it says a lot about your character when you choose to use your um, position in that way. And I know sometimes when people get their doctorates and they earn them, you know, uh, and they want to be called doctor so-and-so, that might come from a whole lot of studying and writing papers, you know. But I think you can still handle that in a spirit of humility and meekness where it doesn't come across as braggadocious or, you know, uh, arrogant or, you know, Amen. conceited, you know, because I Amen. think that if somebody, you know, if they've made a certain level completed to a certain level, then let's honor them in that way, especially if it comes from faithfulness, loyalty, uh, obedience to God, you know. And those people are, they are different because they might tell you their title, but they handle that presentation of their title differently. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, man of God. I appreciate you and I miss you. Thank you. I miss you, too. Thank you so much, woman of God. Thank you. Thank I think you're still doing awesome things for the Lord, and I know you will always do that. Amen. 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 Hold on a second. Okay, I'm going to uh, 6002. Hello, you're on the uh, air. Hello. Um, I have a question. Mm-hmm. I just heard you say um, earlier that tell people who you are, you know, so that they're not, you know, they're not mind readers. They're not going to be picking you out. How do you approach, you know, the leaders of the church or the pastor of the church and tell mm-hmm. them, you know, this is what God has called me to do? Well, you How know what do I you do? approach that? Well, one way that you can do it, and maybe um, Apostle can share something as well, one thing that you can do is if, if the pastor of the church that you're attending, if they actually do um, counseling sessions or, or where you can schedule an appointment to meet with the pastor for 15, 30 minutes, 
uh, you can schedule an appointment to meet with the pastor, and then you can go in and have that one-on-one conversation with the man of God or the woman of God and say, I'm having this meeting because um, I believe that I'm called of God to the to the office of a teacher, and um, I'm gifted in these areas, and I really want to talk to you about it so that you can uh, you will know or if there's an area that or you can uh, get me started in in ministry, if you're not working in ministry already, or if there's a training program that the church has. So one way you can do it is you can actually schedule a one-on-one meeting with the pastor of the church. Because uh, it's kind of hard when you catch them on a Sunday after they preach and, you know, everybody's shaking hands and all that kind of stuff. So if the pastor does take appointments, and then if not, you can go up quietly and just say, is it possible that I can meet with you for just a few minutes because I would like to share with you uh, what I believe that God has called me to do, you know, and the, he or she may uh, make some may set aside some time to um, either meet you by uh, in person in the office, and now you know with all this technology, you know you can do it by phone and still have the same um, effect. So, um, uh, Apostle Wanda, what do you think? I just want to add that um, the Bible says in Matthew seven sixteen that you will be fully recognized by your fruit, and so I would say that find an opportunity to use the gift from the office that you walk in to exercise it in that local body, and then the man or woman of God will fully recognize it because it will be fruitful. It will be evident that you have that because they'll be able to see the results from your operating in it within that local body. That's what I would say. Amen. And 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 yeah, and to compliment that, if that because you know it um, as um, let me see how to put it, you know, and maybe you've seen this, uh, Chief Apostles, that you know if that opportunity is available to her, because you have some people now, you know, we get up in pulpits, and it is true, you know, they get up and say, you know, you don't let no anybody teach you, don't let no anybody speak into your life, and that is true. So make sure that that door is open in that particular ministry. For you to do that, you know, because and a good way to do that is when they do a call out for volunteers, <laughs> you know, exactly. you know when they when they do that call out, we need volunteers to help us in such and such area. We need volunteers, you know. Then answer the call to that answer that volunteer call because you know you might be uh, volunteering in an area that you may not necessarily be called to, but just by you working, as she said, and shaking hands and meeting other people that are in ministry or, you know, or flowing in ministry in that particular local body, then, you know, now they actually, number one, they get to know you, you know, and as she's saying, they get to see your fruit. And so if if, if it's available to you, do that. Um, and if it, it just Listen for the listen for the call because almost every church now, at some point during the course of the year, they're gonna send a call out for volunteers because they're gonna need them. <laughs> sure they, is. They, yeah, they send a call out for volunteers, and so listen for that call. Now, if that call is coming taking too long, then talk to someone else, maybe one of the lay ministers, to see if there's an area that you can become active in that you can become involved in, you know, and let them know what's going on. And then maybe you can work your way to the pastor. I know when I did it, Bishop Morton, you know, that was, you know, he, he took a, he took appointments. You could call and schedule an appointment. I think you still can call and schedule an appointment with, with him. And you go in and I met with him and I, I told him, you know, what was going on. And interesting enough, he's, you know, uh, as a chief apostle said, the man of God said, I was just waiting on you to come to me. So, 
you know, so get where, and, but I was active, as she said, I was involved. And so find a place to get involved in ministry so they can see your fruit. And then when he's, you know, the men and women of God are going to see it, and they're going to start praying for God to show them who you are. So that when you do say something, they could, it may be, it may happen as Bishop Morton did, and they may say, you know, we were waiting on you to come to us. So was that helpful for you? Yes, it was. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening to the show tonight. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Amen. Amen. So we have just about two and a half minutes or so left uh, for the live show. And so I want to uh, thank you, uh, Chief Apostle Wanda, uh, for coming on. It's been exciting, an exciting show, and I just love your teaching. And what I really love about it, and that's probably because I'm a teacher, is that you gave the scriptures to the people. And so now be like the Bereans. Go back, check it out for yourself, you Mm -hmm. know. And study more and get that in your spirit and grow, 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 grow. Strengthen your inner man, especially the women that are on the line. And, you know, and, you know, as the man of God was sharing, you know, uh, you know, walk in that meekness and that humility. Because as you grow and you grow in the word, you're going to feel yourself growing in the word. Just remember the key word is humbleness. And humility, because God is going to do great things with women. He has done it in the past. He's going to continue to do it. And so when you start walking into your greatness, as we close out this um, uh, series, don't become arrogant. Don't become prideful. Don't become um, honorary. Just become spirit-filled. And walk in that and guess what? When you're led by the Spirit of God, you are the children of God, or the sons and daughters of God. And that's what I want you to be. I want you to be the woman who is led by the Spirit of God. And there's no room for any of that other stuff. Strengthen your inner man. Get to know who you are. Build your self-esteem up. Build your confidence up. And then raise your faith level. Uh, raise your faith to another level so that you can start receiving from God what he wants to give to you as that woman of God that's doing great things for him. Do you have any closing remarks right quick, Apostle Wanda? No, I just want to say for anybody that um, wants to learn more about what we do, just go to www.rebuildinglives.net. Amen. Give it to us one more time. Rebuildinglives.net. Okay, so that's her information. She's also on Facebook. Amen. Um, and what is it? Let me see what it is on Facebook. Facebook Apostle Dot Henderson, right? Oh, yes. Oh, you don't know that? Okay. I know no. you know mine, too. Okay. So, oh. Okay, so we're going to uh, thank everybody that's listening live. Um, It's going to go off in just a second, but we're going to stay on, and we're going to close out in prayer. You won't hear us. uh, We won't be live on the prayer, but it will be on the replay. The prayer will be on the replay. So thanks, everyone who listened live. Can you close us out in prayer, please? You talking to me, Mr. Jesus? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Father, for this word that has gone forth, and we thank you for the time that you've allowed us to encourage one another and build each other up in our most holy faith. And now we ask, Father, that as we depart, you just keep us in all of our ways of righteousness and obedience. Continue to let your peace shine in our faith. And, Father, continue to strengthen us in our inner man that we might be filled with all spiritual wisdom, understanding what your perfect will is. Not the good, not the acceptable, but the perfect. And we just give you praise, adoration, thanksgiving, honor, and glory for the outcome in advance, and it's in Jesus' name. We thank you, praise you, and we receive it by faith. Amen, amen, and amen.
Amen. Amen. Once again, thanks. Thank you, everyone who stayed in here for the duration of the show. This is the climax and closing show of Celebrating Women Created for Greatness. I am Minister Ginger London, your radio show host for this series. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening. And I pray that everyone had a blessed Resurrection Sunday. God bless you. Have a great evening. Thank you again, Chief Apostle Wanda Henderson. Thank you, Minister Ginger. Thank you. Thank you.